On this episode of Sessions, we sit down with Brandy Pham, founder of everyone's favorite Instagram scheduler, Planoly. Stay tuned as we chat about how the platform came to be and the five ways a brand or a person should consider using social to establish a story and setting for themselves. Hey there, and welcome to Sessions by Matt Black, a podcast by and for the creative class, where we're focused on digging into the things that make brands and campaigns go from good to great. I'm Micah Haycoop, the Managing Director at Matt Black, and today I'm talking to Brandy Pham, the founder of Planoly. Hey, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited because we've been on a mad hiatus between season one and season two of the podcast. And so now, though this is a couple episodes into the season, this is my first time getting back on the microphone. And as a guy who enjoys hearing himself talk, I'm ready to be on a podcast <laughs> again. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, dude. I, we're, so we're really excited to be chatting with you specifically because not only did not only uh, did we want to have you on the podcast, but we love Planoly so much that you guys are actually the sponsor of this chunk of of the podcast, the first uh, few episodes of the season. So we, we really sought you guys out. We've used the tool for a long time. We love it. It would, when we found it, it was like game changing for us as an agency. Mm -hmm. And so we really love having you on. Thank you so much for, for what you built as well. Oh, definitely. Um, I do remember you guys as being one of our first users when we first launched in beta. So I, I really appreciate your support throughout the years. And I'm so excited that we're sponsoring your um, podcast this season. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm excited to hear that we were actually kind of early on something. I feel like we're, we're, <laughs> we're waiting for all these things to get tested. And then like mm -hmm. so we joined Slack about a year after we should have, but, uh, <laughs> but we're early on Planoly. Yeah, you were. Yeah. So as we always start, just a few get to know you questions, just so we can really like people can uh, relax into the podcast. So we have a couple questions so we can get to know Brandy. First thing I want to know, what is your pet peeve? Oh, so I'm like a design freak. So anything that's off with design details, such as margins, alignment, letter spacing, line height, and blurry images, it really annoys the heck out of me and I can't sleep at night. I'm like really, really great OCD and crazy about that. And, um, um, my engineers and my like, um, designers and stuff, I'll email them in the middle of the night circling like this, <laughs> this is not aligned and this is too close to each other and you can't read. It needs to be more legible. And they already know how I am. It's, it's, it's something I can't control and I wish I could change about myself, but it really takes me off. This, so does this spill into other areas of your life? Like how organized are your television remotes or like your socks? Oh, yes. 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 Um, even like picture frames on the wall. I'll tell my husband three inches apart and it's two and a half. I'm like, oh, it's two inches. Like it's, oh it's, it's half an inch apart and um, it doesn't match. And yeah, my husband gets really annoyed. I'm never going to show you a deck made by me because my, anything I make has to go through a filter of someone who notices that the fonts are all different. But I, mm -hmm. I, I digress. So that's the pet peeve. What about on, on the other end of the spectrum? What's your comfort food? 
My comfort food has always been mac and cheese ever Ooh. since I discovered it in um, elementary school. Oh my God. So are you like, now are you still a craft mac and cheese person or do you, I'm are you like the more cheese is the better? Oh, I think Velveeta is my, yeah, my thing. Okay. Okay. I've actually, I don't know if I've ever had the Velveeta mac and oh, cheese. Oh, you haven't? Oh no, gosh. But now I'm going to. <laughs> yeah. That's like my really, my cheat food. Yeah, that oh my god! I feel like I love I I loved it growing up. I fell mm-hmm. in love with it when they did like Mario shapes or like oh. any, like any shaped macaroni and cheese. Mm-hmm. I was all about it. And then mm-hmm. as I've gotten older, it has not changed. I'm still like the more cheese you put on there. Like you go to a restaurant and for some reason they're charging you twenty dollars for mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. I'm like I need it. I have to have it. Yeah, same. Cool. Okay. And last, oh, it's, uh, the truffle mac and cheese. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Luxury. All right. So last question. What's the last book you read? The Working Woman's Handbook by Phoebe Lovett. Ooh, can you tell me a bit about it? Um, it's, I, I got it after I gave birth to my daughter and I felt like I really needed to um, get focused again and, you know, um, becoming alive again oh, after yeah. maternity leave. And it was a really good book that she, um, she pretty much just helped sectioned out every little piece of your daily life and how to execute and strategize your day in day out. Yeah. And was yeah. she specifically, did she also have a kid and then wrote after that or no, was she uh, for anybody? No, it was, it's for anybody, anyone getting started or even already deep into their careers. Cool. That's awesome. So you, you'd recommend it. Yes, I do. I highly recommend it. All right, cool. We'll throw it out to people then. Um, awesome. Well, thanks for thanks for letting us get to know you a little bit. Um, I would love then to to start and dive in. If you could tell us just a bit about Planally, like the origin story, and as well as how how you arrived to uh, to founding it. Well, Planally, it's all due to having my first son um, five years ago. Um, when I was pregnant towards the end of my pregnancy in uh, 2013, um, I kind of had like this moment of crisis where I felt like, how am I supposed to run my business and then be a mom at the same time to this human who is so reliant on me? Yeah. Um, and then I was nursing and all that too. But going into that, uh, I was a jewelry designer and I was doing a lot of wholesale. I was selling at Anthropology and stores like DKNY at that time. And I knew I had to take a step back because it's so, um, so grueling, you know, the fashion schedule is so crazy and so, um, strict that I was doing trade shows every six months, but even before the trade shows, you have to design collections, you have to source materials, get samples, do photo shoots for your lookbooks and your line sheets and all that. I knew I had to like, just take a step back and kind of take control of my business. Um, and take everything online instead of relying on wholesale orders, right? Yeah. So I I launched my online store um, and then I started sending out samples to upcoming bloggers that I actually knew around New York City because I was in New York City at that time. And what, um, and what, what year is this place us, place us here? 2013. So 2013 still like you, you, mm-hmm. you're kind of realizing you're grueling through it. 2013, you're like enough's enough. I got to get out of retail. I'm going to go direct only. Yes. Um, for the most part. Um, and I remember giving my rings to Blair of Atlantic Pacific and I saw the direct ROI 
mm-hmm. from my from her Instagram post to my online shop. And I sold like $1,000 worth of rings in one week. And yeah. I was like, okay, this is going to be my strategy, Instagram and influencers. Um, Which this is cutting edge stuff in 2013. Because I feel like now we hear, like everyone knows, it's like, oh, influencers are a part of the marketing mix. Mm-hmm. But 2013, I feel like you are ahead by at least like a year, year and a half on the curve of people brands understanding that this is a thing yes and even like um you know one of my friends cat with love um with love from cat yeah um cats um she lives out in california now but um she was one of the girls that i was coming up with like she was selling jewelry on the sales floor with me on uh, at henry vendale oh Um, wow that's awesome yeah so I got to like really see these girls grow, you know, like mm-hmm. blogging was their hobby and it turned into a full-time job. And I saw this landscape of marketing pretty much transform into the digital and Instagram world. So um, I started getting strategic about my Instagram planning. Um, and right when I had my son, you know, I was breastfeeding and I was taking care of him pretty much on my own while my husband worked full time. So I was working at home and then taking care of my newborn. So I had to be really strategic about my time. So I would take photos during like golden hour, which we only had one window in our New York city apartment. And our golden hour was like 12 PM to 2 PM. Right. Okay. Um, And then I would edit photos and then at night and during like, feeding times and nap times, I would write out my captions. But the way I did it was, um, you know, back then there was nothing really on the market for me to do this type of Instagram planning. I would write in Evernote um, or in my iPhone notes. And I would actually put like 7.30 a.m. or, you know, like the time, Mm -hmm. the photo, and then I'll write out my caption and I would copy and paste it. Ooh, yeah. um, When it was time to post. I would set reminders for myself too. And I, back then I was very strategic about two to three times a day. And then I would go into Photoshop and upload all of the photos that I edited on my phone. And I would drag and drop it on a Photoshop document. Oh wow! Um, yeah. And the order of it, because I was very, you know, I, I come from a designer background and um, art school and all that. So I looked at Instagram as if it was my online portfolio. So everything had to, flow correctly it had to be you know very visually pleasing and one day my husband saw the way I was planning and he thought I was crazy so he was like you know there's got to be a better way and he's a Pisces he's so organized he's so analytical um and he's so efficient so he told me that I needed to pretty much draw out my dream app or program and um, really make sure that um, I get in like all the details of my actual planning, you know, with the grid, the drag and drop um, captions and the time scheduling the time out. Um, And I explained my whole process to him. And that's where the idea was basically born. Yeah. And And so is he an engineer by chance or were you, was he just saying like, Hey, like obviously (laughs) you're feeling a need. So you could find someone to design this or was he someone who was like, Hey, I'll design it. If you can, if you can put it no, together. I designed it. Yeah. Um, and he came from a finance background. He was actually, um, running a beauty 
brand, a beauty company, product company, and he he was their operations and finance. Okay. So basically, um, he is the CEO of Planoly, and he runs the business and the finance part. So he kind of he's kind of like uh, there's this old old interview of um, the Neptunes, you know, with Thoreau yeah. and Chad. Yeah, he explains that. He's like the composer and Chad is the band. Yeah. And for me and my husband, the way we work, we're like that. We're, but we take turns being the composer in the band. That's amazing. Okay. Yeah, I, so. Wait, we need to talk, so we need to talk more about this. I know we're going to get into our five things segment, but I want to know more about two things. One, mm-hmm. at what point were you like, okay, I have to make this thing now, right? So you, so you design it, you draw mm-hmm. it out, you have the dream. Mm-hmm. And then you're just like, oh, I, I, like, I have to do this. I can get out of the jewelry game. And I actually don't, I don't even know if you're out of the jewelry game. Maybe you're still doing jewelry. Um, but what, what was the moment where you're like all in, you had to make Planoly? Um, after my son turned one, actually, cause we built, we built like a prototype for me to use only. Um, and then I started telling my friends about it, you know, my friends in fashion. And, um, I remember one fashion week I came uh, we moved to Texas after we had our son after the first year mm-hmm. and that fashion week I went back and I was showing everyone I knew and they're like, Oh my God, this is such a need. Um, I emailed grand story, like out of nowhere asking yeah. if they'd like to like meet with me and see my product. And they're like, Oh my God, we're, you know, suffering the same. <laughs> we're, we're going through the same things as you. And this sounds very interesting. And they were one of our first users, first annual paid subscribers Ooh, great and, first subscriber yes and they've been supportive ever since um we basically me and my husband we started a while back right and so it feels like a long time but planally itself has been it's three years old with our team yeah yeah, yeah. okay so we started way before that yeah. okay that's awesome and so at what point did at what point did you pull your husband away from whatever job he had and, mm-hmm. and you guys were full time together, living the living the dream. Well, after we had our first subscribers, um, our backs were against the wall. You know, yeah. um, he left his very comfortable job, and um, my jewelry sales started going down because my focus was going towards Planoly. You know, and I told him that he needed to focus on Planoly full time, and then I would pick up all the side gigs, and then really make sure I make my numbers on my jewelry side to make ends meet. Right. So I picked up four clients to run their social media mm-hmm. and to consult with. And then I ran my own jewelry business. I mean, every day wow. I was like pack and ship and then send reports to my clients and give them proposals. And while my husband was really um, fixing all the bugs and like making sure that um, he had his projections, but also had a roadmap of how to bring it to market and to grow it. Um, so. The first year was the roughest year for us. Of course, we had, you know, a young baby doing a business together. And then, you know, the roles shifted on like who really supported the family and then digging into our savings. Um, It was pretty rough. (laughs) So we worked really hard for, you know, everything. I I love that, though. It's like such a good because and listen, I get that there's a difference between what it looks like on the outside, maybe even how you're feeling now. But I would love to know. 
like if you were to say like a few years later where you're at now, like where is Planly at now? Like the amount of employees. I know you guys are you guys are based out in Texas, still in Austin. Um, yeah. Like what what's the state of the business in 2018 going into 2019? Oh gosh, we've grown so much. We've pretty much doubled and tripled like year over year. Um, the first year was just me and my husband, and then we brought on two of our engineers, um, two co-founding engineers at full time. The first year, none of us took any salary. Um, we put everything back into the company and then we made the move to Austin and, um, we had, we had a very small team of like maybe, so it started off with two and then four and then like seven. And then year, the end of year three, we have 20. Wow. So, yeah. so year three was really like the, the yeah. kind of like hockey stick growth. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yes, we, year three alone, we gained 1.8 million users. Wow. That, now we're up to over 2.5 million users total. Dang. Well, congratulations on that. Um, I now will even hold more dearly the fact that Matt Black was, <laughs> was, was early on that. Yes. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay. So what, what we want to do then every podcast, we always try to like condense down to five things. Like how can we be actionable? The people who listen to this, like, um, freelancers, people in brand marketing in the, uh, on the PR side as well. So really we want to help people kind of draw something out of this. And as we were talking to you and your team before this podcast, you know, we said brands obviously flock to Instagram to tell their stories. At this point, it is one of the, first things that brands bring up when they talk to agencies. And so we know it's this constant puzzle where years ago, it felt like there was a clear path to success. Now, it honestly feels like, okay, it's so saturated. How do you do something unique? So what we were going to speak with you about and what you've kind of put together is five ways a brand or person can use social to create a story and setting for themselves, for their brand. And, And more importantly, how they can make sure it's different from everything that everyone else is doing out there. So I'd love for you to kind of walk us through what your five things were in that. And we can kind of go back and talk about each point together. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is finding your niche. Um, I mean, anyone could create a story and build a brand, right? Yeah. Um, but once you hone into what your niche is and really communicate what you're truly good at, your followers and people will flock to you for that specific specialty. And that's what you want to be known for. Yeah. Um, and a prime example of that is the humans of New York and mm-hmm. how Brandon has like, he's been able to build this global brand that's based on a single city, but he's known for sharing remarkable and compelling stories of these individuals in New York city. Yeah. And so for you that like, when you look at brands now, do you feel like the majority of people have that figured out? Or do you feel like the majority of people are muddled in what they're in what they're communicating through social? I think that a lot of the brands have really honed into their niche, right? But then there's so many smaller brands, mom and pop brands that still don't know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And if they just pretty much pick out these brands that are known for what they do well, like even Glossier and Kuyana and um, even Alfred's Tea, like they're known for something. If they really dissect them and study them then they could pick out all the good parts and like 
and make their own strategy. Yeah, for sure. I do. We, we talk about this a lot as an agency that there's almost this like paint by numbers version of Instagram. Now that brands can fall into where you're like, okay, like we have product posts and then we're going to do like things that inspire us and people that inspire us and UGC and then maybe some pop culture references. And it Uh looks and like your feed ends up looking like a robot who knows how to make good looking Instagram feeds made it. And there's Mm -hmm. really no soul to it, but the things that you love, like you mentioned the glossier, Obviously, um, you know, the humans in New York is, is in their, a league of their own. Mm-hmm. Um, you can the, those aren't perfectly on the nose of what someone would tell you to do, but they're mm-hmm. special and perfect in, in the way that that brand is. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Yeah. Um, and what, what they're doing well is that they know exactly who they are and what they're doing, like what their mission is. That's why they're successful. Yeah. So then you, your second thing is around audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Our second thing is investing in knowing your audience and getting really comfortable with the numbers and stats to understand them. Um, And if you're investing time and even money in creating these compelling content that you're sharing with your audience, then it's really important to know exactly who's engaging with it, how they're being received, and then build conversations with them and actually get to know your your audience, right? Yeah. Uh, what, turns them, what turns them on and what turns them off and then really gathering all that good data and then doing it over and over again. Yeah. How, so for you, what was the – would you say you're pretty analytical then? Um, yes. Um, my husband is the more analytical one, but like when it comes to the social media space, I, I know what to look for. Yeah. So you, and I know what type of content is, would be more well received than others. Yeah. So for you, what's key metric? What's like the main, you say, you know what to look for. Obviously there's a bunch of numbers you can look at what for mm-hmm. you, like if someone, because I, we've done some podcasts about this kind of thing before. It's like you're creative. There'll be someone who's creative. So they kind of spurn the idea of stats because they say like, well, I'm not great with numbers. Um, so I'm not going to focus on that. So if you were going to give someone the most direct route, you say, Hey, here's the one thing to look at. What is it? If you post up a content and it gets the conversation going, I really look at the comments and what type of comments there are. Yeah. And I, when I even look back on Planoly's grid, I can pinpoint out which one is the most successful one because it actually relates to our audience and they actually comment and then they keep on replying or they tag their friends. And that's a really good indicator that that's amazing content. Cool. So com- so for you, it's comments. Um, mm-hmm. And then, and if it's the one thing that you're looking at, that's good. The followers, the likes, all those things will follow. Mm-hmm. Cool. Awesome. What's next on your list? The third thing is make your plan, work your plan, and get really cozy with your content calendar. Lay them out um, as your plan of action and how you're going to be churning out the content. Um, at Planoly, our editorial and social media content calendar is very uh, important to us. Mm-hmm. We live by it. Um, content calendars are our best friends. And um, I think that's the reason why we've grown so much. Um, It's because um, it's not like we only offer this service for people to plan out their Instagram feeds, but it's because we stuck with our content strategy um, by giving what our audience wants from us. Um, 
which is like tips and all the tools that you need to know about Instagram, Mm -hmm. um, all the best practices. But we also concentrate on the stories of our actual users, like our Planner Leaders series. People love looking, you know, behind the curtains and actually learn how um, these social media personalities actually got started in their career and how they work day to day. Um, I think it's very inspiring to share these people's stories and our users really love them. Also, um, each of your social channels, you should be very specific and have a purpose um, on your content strategy. Because if you share the same thing on every single platform, it gets really boring. And then you're going to start losing engagement because of that. So each channel should be kind of specific or um, have different type of content sharing. How far, how far in the future are you planned out per channel? Um, we usually do a month in advance, yeah. um, but our content calendar itself, like planning all the interviews and our best practices is basically about two months in advance. Wow. So you got, yeah. you guys are really ahead of the game and, but how often are you calling an audible, like switching things up? Do you feel like oh. you chase pop culture moments a lot or things that feel relevant a lot or it's more yeah. that's in the copy? I mean, um, we do believe in like having a core plan, right? But you still have to be flexible mm-hmm. where you add things and take things and swap things out um, because of what's happening around in pop culture and then like in Instagram world and all that stuff too. So like um, we, we're also flexible with our planning. So we leave a few days um, open or we're very open to like swapping content out. Yeah. And, ju- yeah. and just so we can be very clear, this is the another section where we say, if you want to get a content calendar, one that is beautiful, one that is planned out mm-hmm. and one that'll post for you, you should get on Planoly. <laughs> yes. Perfect. That is seamless, a, a seamless plug in the product there inside mm-hmm. of your five things. Okay. So, <laughs> so far what you're saying, we got to find our niche. You got to know what you're going to look for in terms of success. You got to get planned mm-hmm. ahead and make sure you follow your ca- ca- content calendar. And what's fourth? The fourth one is to, you have to learn how to really show your brand's personality um, and tell your visual story. Since we do live in this visual age now um, and the digital age. So you have to tell your story and your um, show your brand's personality by relating with them on a more, you know, in real life type basis. Right. Mm -hmm. Since it is online and sometimes people are like far removed and they don't know that there's an actual human um, behind the screen. So it's important to really, really hone in on how you tell your story online. Um, And one great benefit of storytelling is um, humanizing your brand. And we talk about humanizing your brand a lot. Mm -hmm. So show off his personality by sharing the stories of those you admire or resonate with, or, you know, get your team members um, on board and actually show their face. And, um, I think Glossier is one of the brands that does that very well because they highlight their team members a lot in their newsletters, but also in the Instagram stories, you know, like um, people showing their like team members showing their favorite products and doing little mini tutorials of how they use them. Um, And when you do this, your audience will be much more tuned in and they get to know you along the way, but they also feel this, attachment to you because they're 
they're you they feel like they're your friends yeah you know yeah. yeah what do you i i always think about this idea that in i feel like in the modern age we talk about brands becoming more human mm-hmm. and and saying like okay how do you humanize uh yourself as as someone who's selling product or offering a service and then we mm-hmm. also talk about how people individually are brands themselves, which would then mm-hmm. be like the whole influencer syndrome. And I yes. wonder if there's one perfect middle point where like every brand and person meets at like e- equally like, and I th- and cause when we say like be more like a brand, we're saying like, Oh, understandable. People know what they're going to get from you. And then uh-huh. be more human is the idea of like being more open and honest. And uh-huh. right. It's such, to me, it's such a funny balance. It is a funny balance. I don't know if there's a question there. I think it's, I think I it's more just, it's, it, right, it's, it's just a point. fact yeah. and some people do it better than others. Um, but it's, this is the day and age we live in, which yeah. is, it's really funny. Yeah. Brandy, I need your help on my, um, on my Instagram. I don't think I posted <laughs> for like a year on, on the uh-huh. actual feed or if you go, so if you go six images back, my Instagram uh-huh. feed, you are in 2016. That's all I have oh, to wow. say. But, <laughs> Well, I think one, because we work with brands, so I'm busy doing other people's stuff. Mm-hmm. But two, stories is like, I just feel like oh, that's gosh. where it's I at. Yeah, yeah, it's so easy. You can share. And I'm not like a, mm-hmm. I don't do many filters or, or many stickers or anything, but I just love like the fact that I don't have to have that pressure of perfecting it, which I think yeah. is a lot what you were even saying was like, it's mm-hmm. kind of part of the nerve wracking thing around Instagram of like, oh my gosh, yeah. this has to be the exact right thing for the feed, even as like, mm-hmm. even at, as specifically as a brand. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of pressure on the actual static feed. Mm-hmm. I think that's why stories have taken off yeah. because it's just more comfortable and more easygoing and less pressure. Yeah. And you can, and you can swipe up. I do. Mm-hmm. I do feel like that's really helpful. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So outside you then showing the brand's personality for you. And I guess I have one more question about that. Do you feel mm-hmm. like that happens more in the image or more in the copy? I think both. So like even with the whole algorithm and stuff, like I think if your caption really sparks a conversation, people are most likely to like and leave comments and then keep that conversation going. Right. Yeah. But there's also people who do such beautiful imagery with only a few words in their caption and it still works. So I think you could do either or. Yeah, true. It's a, I get that. It is kind of, it's hard to do a hard and fast rule on anything for Instagram now. I do think, oh, yes. uh, I do think it is nice, like, or, or maybe the way that we say it is someone has to be able to say to a friend, like, have you seen this account? They do X, right? And have whatever yeah. that X is, is be something that like, you can be known for. I'm not saying 100% of your content has to be totally, totally original. I'm just yeah. saying as long as you can have one thing that people really latch on to, yeah. that, that's success. Yes, and and you you follow certain people for certain things. You don't follow mm-hmm. them for the same thing. Yeah. So I think it's absolutely okay. Yeah. So you know, what's last for you? What's the, what's the last thing people may, need to make sure they're doing? Um, the last thing is it might sound repetitive and a cliche, but thinking outside of the box will help you in the long run. Um, I think it's important to keep your ears to the ground on the content that's being shared out there. Um, you know, whether, I mean, everyone has a podcast, a blog and Instagram, but there's always an opportunity for an idea or demand that hasn't been 
done yet, you know, um, to really fill that void for people wanting different type of content. Um, a great example is the podcast Dissect. Yeah. Um, you know, it breaks down the landmark hip hop albums like Frank Ocean's Blonde and Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp a Butterfly to a very granular level and how the albums were created and what inspired them. Yeah. Um, so that was never, you know, produced before and it's become one of the most popular podcasts. So I think um, just thinking outside of the box and what what you would like personally and that's not available out there which that's how finally came about too so yeah i think you used to borrow from another podcast for the idea of like you designed for an audience of one because you were saying well i would like this i -hmm. need this tool and if you Mm -hmm. need this tool the world is so big that there are 2.5 million other people who definitely need this tool as well Yes. And you don't have to make everyone happy. That's the thing. Yeah. But if you're like, uh, I feel like brands um, and companies succeed more or like, yeah, they succeed more when you're actually coming from a real honest place and you're creating it for yourself. For sure. You're, You're meeting your own need and you're your own target market. So you know the ins and outs of that arena. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. And so for for you, even looking at like w- what's next, do you feel like you try and keep holding on to that, that for yourself, even outside of Instagram, like thinking outside the box, I, there's probably a lot of features that people are asking you guys to make, but at the same time, like, are there some things in, in the works that you're saying like, okay, no one's asked us for this yet, but we think we have some ideas about what Planoly can become even outside mm-hmm. of social media. Um, I mean, people have been liking our products too, like our yeah. physical products, like our tote bag that yeah. says, I loved you before your Instagram was pretty. That's <laughs> like one of the most, we get support tickets every day, even from like Greece, like other countries, because we're pre- pretty much all over the world yeah. asking for the tote bag. <laughs> yeah, like, that's amazing. Yeah, it's really funny. Um, but, um, before I gave birth eight months ago, we were actually working on, a stories editor and you know it got paused because I gave birth and all that and it's been it's been a whirlwind of a year with you know have being becoming a mom of two and breastfeeding and then you know going in and out of the office and not having any type of help because we don't live near family here with two kids and um that was on pause for a very long time. Yeah. So I'm really excited that we're going to be releasing a stories creator. Ooh, that's big. Yeah. I feel like that's, that's awesome. Especially when we just did a, um, we just worked on uh, YouTube rewind, which is the, um, the big recap of the year that YouTube does. Uh, they produce oh. this like eight minute video. Uh, but we did, um, we did all the social media for it. And part of the, part of the social was, all of the creators who are in the video linked together, asking each other about like how their year was and what they're excited about and like different questions. So it was, there's, there's over 80 people in the video and each of them was like five to eight slides. 
So mm-hmm. we just spent like hours and hours and hours, like, you know, after we had edited all of this content, posting it and having something where we could have like planned, it would have been so amazing, but we had to do it. We were doing it live and like, you know, mm-hmm. kind of adding all the stickers and words to it live. And it was, you know, over five wow. days, we spent two or three yeah, hours a day. That's intense. Yeah. And that's after like all the plan, <laughs> like having the planning done all very worth mm-hmm. it. it. was It was all very great, but a stories planner will be amazing. Yeah, we already have a stories planner in Planoly. So you could actually upload your stories ahead of time and just like map it out. But we're making that better. And then we're creating that creator side, um, the the editor part. You can actually build it. Mm -hmm. uh, And have like the live links and things in it. Yeah, and then upload it or like share it to Planoly to start planning it. Yeah, yeah. that's going to be amazing. So to, yeah. to just give a quick recap on your five things. First, find your niche, right? Do something special. Mm-hmm. Make sure you stay true to yourself in that. Second, invest in knowing your audience. Make sure that um, you know who you're going after, what the important stats are, so you know what success looks like. Third, mm-hmm. make the plan, stick to that plan, trust yourself in getting things laid out ahead of time. Fourth, mm-hmm. uh, make sure in all of that you're relating your personality and that you're showing through as much as you can of who you are, who your brand is. Uh, and then lastly, though it is cliche, think outside mm-hmm. the box, right? Whenever you go back to finding your niche, make sure that what you're doing is something that at least appeals to you and hopefully is something that isn't available out there already. Yes. That's amazing. I love that. So um, from some great advice for social, I would, I would love to know a bit more on the company side and say what's in store outside of continuing to beef up the stories planner. What are you, what's going on for you guys in 2019? Is it, 20 more people? Is it um, a new line of tote bags? Is it more features? What? Um, We're doing a lot of in real life events Mm -hmm. and we're thinking about a possible conference. Oh, cool. Everyone's been asking for that. Dang. Would you do it in Austin or would you do it in like LA, New York? Um, I think Austin would be a great city. Everyone loves coming here anyway. Yeah. And since it's, you know, our headquarters, we kind of know it inside and out. Yeah, it's amazing. What's the? I gotta, I gotta get like a true food recommendation from you in Austin. What's the? Oh yeah. I'm, get, I'm just gonna ask you for it right now. What is it? Like, what if people go all the time? There's so many places to eat. There's so many bars. Where should I go? Um, there's so much. Um, but for tacos, Taco Deli. Taco. Oh, I love Taco Deli. <laughs> taco Deli is the best. I yeah, I do wish the that the breakfast taco craze made it outside of Austin. Like there is no breakfast taco yeah. restaurant in Los yeah. Angeles. Mm-hmm. Have you ever tried their pork belly special? No, I have not. Oh, uh, that's the best. Oh, but I'm into. I love pork belly though. So that yeah. that sounds mm-hmm. right up my alley. <laughs> yeah. So conference maybe in 2019. More features. That's amazing. Anything else? You anything else you want to share? Like, how are you feeling with the company taking off like this? Do you feel like? you're just kind of hanging on and the thing's moving now. Do you feel like you still have a great idea of, uh, of where it's going to go? Is the feedback changing what you guys are doing? Like what's kind of the, the sense that you get trying to lead this, lead this bigger company that's growing so fast? I think we're headed in a really great direction. I mean, every single brand or even store that I've ever tried to get into uses us now. Yeah. And it's, it's this amazing feeling that they're on the same page and they actually you know, they're taking digital and Instagram seriously mm-hmm. as a, a marketing stream or a marketing yeah. strategy. Um, so 
we're just really focused on making Planoly better. We're um, updating the web and the app and then adding more to it. Yeah. So I'm just excited. Yeah. And going to the new year, like heads down and going full throttle again. Yeah. I mean, and I know the answer is going to be no to this, but I love the idea of there being a store that like wouldn't buy the jewelry and they tried to sign up for Planoly and you somehow like keep rejecting their account or use it as like a vendetta against them. No, I no, know no. it's not true. I just, I just like the idea. So, okay. Before I ask for a closing question, I do want to mention right now you can get one month free on joining Planoly through the code Planoly sessions. That's one word which is Planoly, name of the brand, Sessions, the name of our podcast. Um, and just put that in during checkout at Planoly.com. But definitely, like I said, we use it. We used to manage. We used to be a social-only agency about five years ago. Um, mm-hmm. That's changed in a lot of ways. And we, and we focus much less on the content man- or the actual um, community management side of things now. But for what we, what we do uh, focus on, we still use Planoly. We love it. Everyone here uses it. Um, and it makes our lives incredibly easy. So for any brands listening, anyone who has to manage an Instagram account for a brand or for yourself, please, please, please get on it. Um, and then to close it out, just to, to put a bow on it, I'd love to know one more personal thing about you. And this would be, this is, yeah, I feel like you've probably fantasized about this with how busy it seems like you are. Let's say you get to take one year off and you can learn any new skill set, right? Um, from just practicing like a sport to learning a language to doing whatever, right? Money's no object. What would you choose to practice getting better at and why? Painting. painting. I've always loved painting. Ooh, what medium? Um, um, oils. Ooh, awesome. Yeah. And and have you like you said you went to you went to art school? So is that something that you were doing when you were in school, or is it or is it just something that you kind of did as a hobby? Um, both. Um, I did in school, but I did go to art school for fashion design, and that's mm. where I learned like Photoshop and Illustrator, and that kind of led me to now where I design wireframes on it. So mm-hmm. um, it's so technical and I'm such a, like that OCD personality where I would want to just let loose on a canvas and yeah. not worry about straight lines. Oh, that's amazing. Not worry about <laughs> straight lines and just, and just go for it. I do yeah. feel like that's a niche. Like maybe someone hasn't done this. I want to see wireframe design done in oil on <laughs> canvas. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Confu- uh-huh. You confuse the two and it could be some weird commentary on modern society. Um, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. right. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so where can, where can everybody find you? What's it? Can you planally.com obviously, which is mm-hmm. P-L-A-N. O-L-Y. Um, social handles are the same or where can we find yes, the, the brand? at Planoly, at P-L-A-N-O-L-Y and then at Brandy Pham, B-R-A-N-D-Y-P-H-A-M. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to get on the podcast with us. We really appreciate it and also for being such a good partner and, and, and you know, really supporting the podcast in the way that you are. Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun chatting with you. Thanks for listening to Sessions, brought to you by Matt Black and the Shapeshift Report. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe to the pod and rate us on iTunes. Thanks, all. Thanks.